Before we roll the audio on this PFT Live podcast, we want you to know that Mike Florio does an afternoon podcast. Why? To catch all the late-breaking news and developing stories in the NFL, of course. So you got to subscribe to PFT PM as well. Go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Art19, or Google Play. Search PFT PM and subscribe. Boom. Done. Thanks for the support. Now, stats for another hour of the PFT Live podcast. It's a Tuesday, Pro Football Talk Live, NBC Sports Radio. An hour from now, we'll be over on NBCSM for the simulcast. I'm home. Oh, it's great to be home. I really haven't fully appreciated the fact that I am home because the past two days have been a blur between the Super Bowl, which consumes the entire day. Just getting around South Florida consumes plenty of time. Being at the game, getting back to the hotel, getting three hours of sleep, getting to the NBC News Bureau in Miami, doing our show, getting to the airport. The airport actually was not nearly as bad as it could have been and has been in other Super Bowl cities the day after. Fly home, two-hour drive, get home, eat some pizza, get in a workout, do a little posting on the site and the next thing you know it's like I never left dog went crazy when we got home see the dog loves my wife way more than the dog loves me and I've come to terms with that but there are moments where it bugs me when we got home last night I ran downstairs to see the dog because I knew that the moment that my wife got within the dog's field of vision and or sniff detection that I'm second class citizen. So I got to enjoy it for about 15 seconds. Dog going nuts, jumping all over me until dog realized that mommy's home too. Then see you later, dad. We'll catch up. Cats in the cradle and all that stuff. Dog basically wiped my wife out and would not leave her the rest of the night. So I want to get another dog. So that dog will be up my butt all the time like the dog that we currently have is up my wife's but you know what will happen she'll have two that constantly follow her around and I feed the dog I don't know what the deal is I'm nice to the dog alright what are we doing oh yeah it's a radio show Super Bowl 54 most watched TV at the event of the, uh, event of the year no surprise 102 million across all platforms. They're finally lumping together everything. All the different channels that carry it. And the 2 million or so that watched it online. That got it over 100 million. Without the digital experience, under 100 million. With the digital, over 100 million. 102 million total audience. Total average audience. And... I think I saw a number that 158 million watched some of it. That's a pretty impressive number. That's still less than half the country. What the hell are all these other people doing? I say this every year. It's one of the boxes I check in the days after the Super Bowl. But really, what are all those millions of people doing? We've got 329.5 million people in the country. And at best, 158 million watched some of the Super Bowl. What's everybody else doing? What are you doing? Are they watching TV? Are they not watching TV? Do they not have TVs? I mean, 
family emergencies that would keep you from watching anything would not account for more than what? 10,000? On a Sunday? People working? On a Sunday? I don't get it. And for all the effort by the NFL to get more and more people in other countries to watch the game, maybe you do need to promote the Super Bowl a little bit more. It's the kind of thing that promotes itself and everybody knows when it's going to be, but we really haven't saturated our own market the way that we could. Like even on a on a normal Sunday, if you get 25 to 30 million, that's a damn good audience. It's still not even 10% of the country. And I understand that it's still better, far better than what other sports do, but it's kind of humbling. You know, we think because we're caught up in the business that people's lives revolve around when their teams are playing and their fantasy football and it's an all-consuming experience from September until early February. It ain't! But for those who are into it, it is. That's the thing. The millions who do watch are extremely passionate about their teams, their fantasy teams, or the wagers they've placed. And Chiefs fans are the happiest of any right now. There's only one fan base, only one team that's happy when a season ends, and obviously it's the Kansas City, Missouri Chiefs. What? They're in, I mean, it's technically accurate. San Francisco, California 49ers and the Kansas City, Missouri Chiefs. Chiefs coach Andy Reid, 61 years old. And on the front end of the career of one of the greatest players the league will ever see in Patrick Mahomes. Probably not in any rush to leave, right? After you get fired by the Eagles and you got a team now that you've taken to a Super Bowl victory and you've got multiple years of job security and you've got a quarterback that's going to keep your job security from ever being an issue... You're going to hang around. He was asked this question day after the Super Bowl press conference on Monday. Have you given any more thought to how much longer you want to coach? I haven't. Um, I still enjoy doing what I'm doing. I got this young quarterback over here that makes life easy every day. Every day, man. It's a pleasure to uh, come to work and know that you have an opportunity to coach him and, and his teammates. Yeah, look. There's no reason for Andy Reid to think about walking away. There's no reason. If his health is fine, and look, he's a big guy, right? There could be health issues. He's had knees replaced. He had one knee that I think had to be re-replaced. But if you're healthy and you can keep doing what you do, why would you stop doing what you do? Once you master what you do, why would you stop doing what you do? Once you've figured it out, why stop? I mean, heck what I do I got 20 years in it I kind of figured out what I need to do kind of figured out the job don't see any dramatic changes to the job coming in the coming years why stop why stop you enjoy it why stop they got Patrick freaking Mahomes why stop
I mean, think about that. Just as we're emerging from Patriots fatigue. You're going to get sick of the Chiefs soon, folks, unless you are a Chiefs fan. And even if you're a Chiefs fan, you're probably going to get sick of it. It's going to get too easy. I'm looking at the schedule for next year, trying to figure out who they will play Thursday, September 10 to start the season. And yes, it will be here before we know it. Don't start counting the days, though. Don't wish your life away. That's another box that we check in the offseason. Enjoy your time away from football. Football will be back. It comes back every year. But when the Chiefs play this year, they uh, they will not have a daunting schedule. And uh, they should be home field advantage or two seed again. And, and who knows who they'll be doing battle with. The Texans, the Ravens, Raiders, with Tom Brady as the quarterback. Who knows? Now, there is some business that needs to be dealt with as it relates to the Kansas City Chiefs and their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Three years in, two years left. And the window's open on a second contract. We've had one guy, Eddie Jackson, the Bears' safety, got a second contract once he became eligible. He was a draft pick back in 2017, like Mahomes and others who deserve to be paid, Deshaun Watson, etc. Any of these guys in the first round who have turned into great players should be paid now. That was the whole idea of... Well, it wasn't the whole idea. The whole idea of the current rookie wage scale was to quit paying the guys at the very top so much in the event that they stink. You stink. And and they suck millions out of the system. That's why these guys get paid less than they used to at the top of the draft. But I'm a firm believer that once the window's open on a second contract for the guys who are good, you better pay them. You better pay them. Miles Garrett, Leonard Fournette, maybe. Jamal Adams, windows open, jet safety. Mike Williams, windows open, Chargers receiver. Christian McCaffrey, he's not showing up for anything. I'm telling you, this could get ugly. Write it down, file it away. Christian McCaffrey and Panthers could get very ugly this offseason. He's not showing up. Take it to the bank until they take him to the bank. Then there's Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Marlon Humphrey, eligible for a new deal. There's some guys that need to get paid. And they will get paid. Eventually. They should get paid now. Patrick Mahomes, at his day after the Super Bowl MVP press conference, was asked how much of a priority is a new deal before next season. To me, that's stuff that's handled with other people. Obviously, I want to be in Kansas City for a long time. I uh, understand that. Also, I want to win, win a lot of football games here. And so for me, it's, it's kind of letting that stuff handle itself. I'm, I'm in a great organization. I have a great team of guys working for me, uh, guys and girls. And so uh, for me, it's about trusting those people, uh, finding the best way to do it in order to have the best team, the best team around me and uh, getting that done whenever the time is right. That sounds like a guy that may be willing to take less than what he could get when he's talking about having the best team around me. There, there is a range from Tom Brady to Peyton Manning. Tom Brady, old school, not Tom Brady now. I think Tom Brady's ready to get a little, get a little scratch for his 
skills and abilities while he still has them. Patrick Mahomes will be making $40 million a year. The structure, we'll see. New money analysis, $40 million a year. You know, there's a way to do this where the total value at signing would be a lot less than $40 million a year, but the new money would be $40 million a year, and you can walk around and hold that, that distinction up over your head. But whatever anyone else is making, Mahomes deserves more. A lot more, the most. And could he be the guy? Could he be the guy who says to management, and I don't think this is going to happen because I don't think he's ever going to have the leverage because he's never going to play that game. He could say, I don't want a second contract. I want you to franchise tag me once, twice, three times. He could play hardball if he wants to. How could anyone in Kansas City fault him for that? He's already delivered a Super Bowl championship. If he really wanted to play hardball, he could. If he wanted to take the Peyton Manning approach that it's not my job to manage the salary cap, he could. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. And you could argue that guys like Patrick Mahomes have an obligation to do that. Because if you stretch the rubber band as far as you can, when you're the guy with the strength to stretch that rubber band. You ever see one of those really like thick rubber bands that nobody can stretch and then some dude comes along and it's like, wah, wah, wah. It's like, man, you're strong. He's the guy who can do that. He's the guy who can make that big rubber band go, wah, wah, wah. I don't know. Is that the rubber band sound? Hell, I don't know. You get my, they know who we mean. If he really wanted to do it, he could do it. He could do it. And... Why do you need to have a lot of money to have a bunch of other guys around him? You know what? They're good at drafting. Brett Veach, the guy who discovered the greatest player in NFL history, potentially. Let him keep drafting other guys who can come in and get it done. Chris Jones. Figure out how to sign a Frank Clark. And you can do that when you're drafting young, cheap guys. Take advantage of the system. The team takes advantage of the system. The great players need to take advantage of the system. And Patrick Mahomes needs to get all of it. When the owners do it, we applaud. When the players do it, we say you're being selfish. Let's stop that crap, please. Let's let these guys get what they deserve. When they deserve it. And Mahomes deserves it now. Mahomes deserved it yesterday. Mahomes deserved it the day the regular season ended and the window opened on a second contract. And that's when he should have had it. And he should want it now. All right, when we return, 49ers have their quarterback. I'm going to refrain for as long as I can from crapping on Jimmy G. Will we be crapping on him and the 49ers next year as they try to overcome the Super Bowl loser hangover. We'll discuss that when Pro Football Talk Live continues right after this. The last five seconds in the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid have won the Super Bowl as they come from 10 down in the fourth quarter to beat the 49ers 31-20. to Final moments of the radio call as the San Francisco 49ers blow the 10-point lead 
in the fourth quarter and lose 31 to 20. Look, I do have a problem with some of the play calls in the fourth quarter. I have a problem with not keeping the clock moving. I have a problem with not taking advantage of the meat grinder running game. You have the ultimate modern rushing attack. It was second and five for crying out loud. You're up three. The clock is ticking. And I understand, as Sims explained yesterday, it's not Kyle Shanahan's fault. Chris Jones knocked the ball down. But that's one of the risks you assume. The reasonable risks to assume when you call a pass play. It's within the window of things that can go wrong. You run the football, what can go wrong? One, you can fumble. Two, you can lose yardage or not gain enough yardage to put yourself strategically in good position to extend the drive. Three, you can do the old Marion Barber runs out of bounds and stops the clock and gives Tebow Mania a chance to prove yet again that something was going on with that guy, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't nearly enough. When you throw the ball, it can be batted down at the line of scrimmage. Incomplete. Your quarterback can miss his open receiver. Incomplete. Your receiver can drop the pass. Incomplete. No receivers are open. You get sacked. Coverage sack. Lose yardage. As your guy's getting sacked, ball may come out. Disaster. Ball gets returned for a touchdown. Big disaster. Ball can get intercepted. Ball can get tipped around like a volleyball drill and somebody from the opposing team finally grabs it. A lot of things that can go wrong when you throw the ball. When you call that pass play. You're entering into a broader range of risk. Keep running the damn ball. It's second and five. I saw Tony Dungy tweet about this yesterday. Even if you only gain two yards, it's third and three. Third and three ain't bad. And you've taken 40 seconds off the clock. You've made it harder for a guy with a reputation for not properly managing the clock to manage the clock. But see, the Chiefs went into fast break mode. So anyway, Kyle Shanahan was positive after the game regarding what's coming in 2020. It shouldn't be a problem to get things going next year. We'll lick our wounds. We'll get over this. We'll be fired up for next year. We've got a lot of people coming back. I think we surprised a lot of people this year. We knew we had a really good team. I'm very proud of the guys and how much better they got throughout the year. And I expect to get almost all of these guys back and plan on adding a few more. We're going to rest a little bit, get over this, but we'll be very fired up for next year. And they should be. But the thing is, there's 31 other teams. And the 49ers have now acquired from the Rams the bullseye. In the AFC, it's the Chiefs, then the Ravens. In the NFC, it's the 49ers who have the biggest bullseye. Period. And everyone is going to be doing what they can to try to beat the 49ers. And they got to figure out what they're going to do with some of these guys. What do they do? Eric Armstead's going to be a free agent. Jimmy Ward's going to be a free agent. Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a free agent. DeForest Buckner wants a new contract. George Kittle wants a new contract. D. Ford, was he really 
good enough for what they invested? They can't cut him after one year because there's going to be guaranteed money into next year. Maybe they could trade him. But when he's healthy, he's great. It's the Jadavian Clowney conundrum. They got some decisions to make. Oh, and by the way, by the way, they may be able to do better at quarterback, folks. We got to be realistic about that. Maybe they can sign Tom Brady. We'll talk about his potential destinations when PFT Life continues right after this. I don't want to go full prison Mike here, but are you freaking kidding me? There's somebody I'd like you to meet. Are you kidding me? I'm prison Mike. Okay, I am prison Mike now. You, my friend, would be the belle of the ball. I got the purple bandana. Michael, please. Are they nuts? I am in a sky The more I think about that, the matter I get. Oh, wow, yes. All right, hey, 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 hey. Suit, jacket, tie, purple bandana. Prison Mike. Yeah, that's a new little feature. I, I'm really not in full prison mic mode on this point, but I appreciate Stat's effort to get me in that mindset, a little instigation, a little stirring of something other than a cup of coffee. There are plenty of rumors out there about Tom Brady. Plenty of rumors about where he's going to play football. I'm not trying to su- suggest there's some nefarious base of rumors that are making the rounds about devil worship or something like that. I'm just talking about, although, I mean, there are some who believe he did a damn Yankees deal with the devil 20 years ago, and he's still, still paying off. If you're going to sell your soul, make it worth it, baby. Don't just settle for one Super Bowl, get six and get the supermodel wife and get the hair that never falls out. That somehow stays Brown. The, the, uh, the chin cleft. He was reading mean tweets recently. Somebody said his chin looks like a butthole, which uh, was kind of funny. But uh, but anyway, uh, I digress. Rumors about Tom Brady's next destination. If you haven't heard, he's due to be a free agent. If you haven't heard, he doesn't have a contract. Obviously, he's due to be a free agent. But there's some ambivalence, I would say, on the part of Patriots coach Bill Belichick about what he's going to do. And the question becomes, how much does he want to get paid? What kind of quality does he want to have around him from a playing and coaching standpoint? Where does he and his family want to live? Where does his wife, Giselle Bunchen, supermodel, where does she want to be? Is she ready to leave Boston? They sold their house there. Are they comfortable with an arrangement where he's away from the family? catches up with him on his day off and is he comfortable with hopping on a plane and flying somewhere every Tuesday when he otherwise could be doing his TB12 pliability stuff studying film being involved in the game plan there's a lot of factors here and there are multiple outposts of the Patriot way that become potential candidates Miami Longtime Patriots assistant coach Brian Flores is there. The Miami rumor had been the strongest rumor. And there had been a sense that maybe the Patriots are fearful that they're going to have to deal with this guy twice per year. He's going to stay in the division. Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, talking to reporters on Friday, said that 
he doesn't know why Tom Brady would want to play for the Dolphins because the Dolphins are rebuilding. It's it's a tampering tightrope you have to very carefully walk on if you're Stephen Ross. You can't come out and say, yeah, we'd love to sign him. You can't say anything like that. And And sometimes people will refuse to even say, we're not interested. You won't say anything. I always take the position that the best approach is to say nothing about a guy who's currently under contract with another team and just say that well that guy's under contract with another team Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald reported on Monday that and I want to get this right the Dolphins are unlikely to strongly pursue Brady in free agency what does that mean unlikely to strongly pursue they're going to pursue in the normal fashion just not strongly what if he wants to play for them what if he calls up Stephen Ross Brian Flores Chris Greer owner coach general manager respectively one two or all three of them and says hey guys I really want to play for you let's do a fair contract I want to play for you are they going to say no thank you we're rebuilding you go a long way toward accelerating the rebuilding process you can get three years with Tom Brady now Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald was not able to throw water on something we suggested last week, something I've been hearing for weeks, that when Bruce Beal, who is Stephen Ross's partner in a gigantic real estate conglomerate in New York City, buys the team, he's got dibs, he's got shotgun on buying the Dolphins whenever Stephen Ross wants to sell them or when Stephen Ross is no longer with us. He turns 80 in May. Once Bruce Beal is the owner, Tom Brady may end up owning a piece of the team because Brady and Beal are friendly or friends. That was the genesis of the rumor. Apparently, Giselle and Bruce Beal's significant other. I did a little research the other day. I can't tell whether he's divorced and it's his girlfriend or if it's a wife or whoever. Giselle Bundchen is close with someone who is close with Bruce Beal. And Miami just makes sense from the whole proximity to Brazil, where she's from. They have a place in Costa Rica. It's much more of a fashion hub than other places. There's some Colts fans that would love to have Tom Brady. I don't think Giselle wants to live in Indianapolis. As much as I like Indianapolis and look forward to going there in 20 days, I don't think that that's where she wants to live. The other rumor that was making the rounds in Miami over the weekend was Tennessee. And Tennessee is another outpost of the Patriot way. Mike Vrabel, longtime player in New England, teammate and friend of Tom Brady. Now, I don't know that I would take Brady over Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's more than a decade younger. But the rumor was that Giselle is checking out schools And she can't get to school now. Checking out schools in Nashville. So, last night, Shereen Williams sent me a tweet that she had noticed from Terry McCormick, who covers the Titans for TitanInsider.com. And this gets a little convoluted. It gets a little secondhand. It's one of those things that is just goofy enough to be plausible. A Nashville attorney, Blair Dunham, says this rumor of... Tom Brady's wife checking out schools in Nashville started because the wife of Steve Hutchinson, 
who played for the Titans at one point, made it to the Hall of Fame over the weekend. Congratulations, Steve. Was touring the Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville. And this lawyer, Blair Dunham, his son goes to the school, and he was told that a student was informed that the school's admissions director was meeting with a Hall of Famer. And then that same student, not this Blair Dunham's son, but this other student, saw a tall blonde lady and mistakenly assumed that Giselle was visiting the school, and that's how it all got started, which it kind of makes sense that that's how it would get started. It's just goofy enough to have some validity. So then... Paul Kuharski, who also covers the Titans, and there's, I guess there's a rivalry among people who report on every team. And Kuharski's a little feisty, like gratuitous. I see him get into it with Jason Locke and Four all the time, and it makes me smile. Then he turned it our way, and I don't know what, I don't know what was directed at me. This is such a cute story and such nonsense. Hutchinson was at NBA Thursday with his son. Trouble is, his wife was not with them. Please stop already. I, so, I look, all I'm doing is acknowledging that the rumor was out there, a rumor that I had not yet deemed fit to talk about. Well, I think I talked about it yesterday. It's easier to talk about it than it is to write about it. I had deemed it not yet ready to write about it. I mean, it is true that a rumor was making the rounds with some fairly high-level NFL people mongering that rumor. A lot of mingling, a lot of opportunities to talk over bacon-wrapped shrimp and Johnny Walker Blue, if you know what I mean. And, you know, a little truth serum in a bottle, a whiskey bottle, that can cause people to maybe say things they wouldn't otherwise say. But that rumor was making the rounds. Definitely making the rounds. And I had thought, do I, do I write this up? What do you say? It's true that the rumor's out there. And rumor mill, every time I open the website, rumor mill, well, yeah, yeah. and in the old days, this is one of the challenges of being semi-legitimate, of being semi-mainstream. Stuff that I would have posted 15 years ago, I have to vet now. I have to be careful. I have to think about it. I have to be sure. I have to confirm it. I got to get my facts straight, basically. You should just be Wild West. Hey, that sounds interesting, and it's a rumor. I heard it from... It's not, I didn't make it up. So I, I didn't go looking for it. Right place at the right time on Sunday, and somebody said that someone was saying that Tom Brady's wife is checking out schools in Nashville. Good enough for me. In the old days, I would have posted it within 10 minutes after hearing it. So, Terry McCormick shoots it down. Paul Kuharski shoots down the shooting down. So, I don't know what the hell's going on. Maybe it was Giselle. By process of elimination, I mean, Paul wants to get all huffy about the debunking of the rumor, and he wants to question the accuracy of the, de of the debunk. He's bunked it. It's bunk. The rumor is bunk. It has not been debunked. That's an old Seinfeld thing, right? If you debunk or bunk, if it's not debunked, it is bunk. So this is bunk, baby. Giselle Bunchen. If it wasn't Steve Hutchinson's wife, who else was it? I don't know what's going to happen with Tom Brady, but I'm fascinated by it. Let me tell you this. Here's what I know, and I mentioned this yesterday. At some point, Bill Belichick 
is going to have to take his lips and put them on the gluteus maximus, either side, maybe both. Maybe it's like the European greeting, just in a different part of the body. Left cheek, right cheek. Oh, yes. He's going to have to do something like that to make Tom Brady want to continue to subject himself to a relationship that has lasted two decades. That may be the one flaw in Bill Belichick's approach to his players. After 20 years, you've had enough. <laughs> you've, it's just, I'm sorry, I have reached, I say this all the time as it relates to certain, you know, like fireworks. I've reached my lifetime limit of fireworks. I don't want to see any more fireworks. I, I'm talking about fireworks shows. It's, there's a different thrill altogether when you're the one lighting them off because, you know, you could die. But, but please be extremely careful. But there is that extra little thrill like something's going to go wrong. And, it, it's, it's, and I worry about it every year, but I do it. And it's not, you know, I'm not going to do something stupid. And there's always that story of that moron who does something completely I mean, ridiculously you can see the guy's stupid. Eyes in there. It, but you don't know when that thing shoots up where it's going to go. You know I mean, you got backyard. guys who care about what they're doing, guys who care about each but other. I've had my uh, lifetime supply of the, team. the big got fireworks. A, got a very bright future. So, uh, I've had my lifetime supply of cheddar cheese. You know, I don't want any more. I'm good. So Tom Brady may have reached his lifetime limit of Bill Belichick. When we return, the NFL has reached its lifetime limit of 16 games. It wants 17. Where the CBA talks stand and what all the reports from the past week mean when PFT Live continues right after this. There has been plenty of talk over the past week regarding the CBA discussions. And... Here's what's really going on. This gets lost, I think, in the reporting and the analysis. And it's very basic. It's very simple. And I think part of it is, and, and this takes me back to when I first got into this business, and I felt horribly inadequate because I had no journalism training. And then I realized as time went by, I would feel horribly inadequate in this business if I had no legal training or experience. Because... If I had never been to law school, if I had never practiced law, I would simply be reciting and reiterating and repeating the same things everyone else in the business is citing, reiterating, and repeating, unless and until someone explained it to me in the terms that I instantly understand it. I would just be saying, well, they're having a meeting, and they're talking about this proposal, and they're talking about that proposal, and they're having another meeting. Look, here's why we're talking about the NFLPA having a meeting last Thursday with its ex executive committee and board of player representatives and why there's another meeting coming this week. Here's what's happened. And, and let me give you the example. Here's the corollary. Any type of litigation, civil or criminal, there's always an opportunity to settle the case. And over the past 30 years, there's been a huge push to develop alternative dispute resolution procedures where the parties to litigation work their issues out before it goes to court. That reduces the, the workload. That reduces the backlog of cases. <clears throat> so there are settlement talks all the time. So let's say there's some... Let's just say it's a simple car accident case. The lawyers have reached an agreement among them as to a fair settlement of the car accident case. The lawyers 
then have to sell that to their clients. Now, in plenty of cases, the client is present and directly involved in the settlement talk, so there's nothing that needs to be approved. Because of the, the, the realities of certain situations, and when, when you're dealing with bigger companies, it becomes an issue, you have to get approval of the proposed deal separately. And that's what the NFLPA has to do. There's a mechanism in place. The negotiating team that is working on behalf of the NFLPA has a proposal that it likes, has a proposal that it recommends that the union adopt. And the NFL is under the impression that DeMora Smith, the NFLPA executive director, and his negotiating team can sell it. What has played out over the past week and what continues to play out is the effort by D. Smith and his negotiating team to sell the proposed CBA to the executive committee, which must recommend to continue this process, recommend the proposal to the board of player representatives, one per team. Two-thirds of them must then recommend that the rank and file vote on it. And if that's the case, the dues-paying members, roughly 1,900, they vote. 50% plus one say yes, you got a deal. So that's where it is. That's really how this should be couched. In all fairness to the facts. Now, look, it's delicate for some in the media to put it this way because maybe you alienate your NFLPA sources, right? Maybe you want to continue the flow of information so you don't want to come out and say what's really going on. What's going on is D. Smith has to sell this thing to his client. And the NFL is under the impression that he can because it's good enough for D. Now, look, part of the PR game, if you want to continue to get enough votes to be the NFLPA executive director, part of the game is to say things like, well, it's really not up to me. It's up to the, it's up to the players. Right. But it's up to you to set the table. It's up to you to fill out the menu. They decide whether or not they want the food. But you need to understand your client. When you represent to the NFL that, number one, we have a deal subject to my client approving it. Number two, my client will approve it. The NFL is going to be upset. The, the NFL may not react well if the NFLPA comes back and says, you know that deal that we thought we had? We don't. We need more. The NFL's reaction may be, you ain't getting more. Go sell the deal again. We're not changing the deal. We're not sweetening the deal. If you don't like it, we'll lock you guys out next year because we want 17 games, period. That's what's going on. That's where this stands. The NFL thinks the NFLPA is going to accept this deal because D. Smith has led them to believe that he can sell it. We'll see if he can. More PFT Live right after this.